The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. Hi, this is Dr. Gary Bell. Today we're uh, talking about a topic I've titled it Failure to Launch, which is basically adult children living with their parents. This issue is huge. Um, I cannot tell you how many people I have uh, worked with that have so many issues with their children living at home. It has changed the dynamics of their relationship with their child. It also changes the dynamics of their home. It also changes the dynamics of their marriage and all kinds of crazy stuff, especially if it's a uh, the the other spouse is a step parent. That can be extremely difficult. Also, there's a complexity between the child and the parental role, the adult role of the child uh, back in the home, and the uh, and the parent itself themselves trying to take on either parent or trying to be best friend or trying to be roommate. I mean, it's a very very confusing situation for many many families. So. Um, you know, what we're talking about is basically the love of your adult children. I mean, you raise them, you gave them the best you could in love and guidance, but now millions of empty nesters are discovering that increasing numbers of adult children called boomerang kids are basically returning to their family home. Uh, the reasons for arriving back on your doorstep can be anything from divorce, depression, job loss, inability to find a job, inadequate resources, usually finances, uh, illness, and yes, this happens to to help care for you and your spouse. Uh, you know, according to the U.S. Census Bureau statistics, more than 25 million adult children now live with their parents in the United States alone. That's an increase from earlier in the decade. The Bureau reports, for instance, that a Six-year period between 2005 and 2011, the number of 25 to 34-year-old men living at home rose from 14 to 19 percent. That's only six years. The number of women doing so went from 8 to 10 percent. That's absurd. It, it can be frustrating for everybody. You know, the adult child is embarrassed or depressed while the parents are worried about loss of privacy and freedom they've enjoyed as empty nesters, not to mention or even anticipated enjoying, um, not to mention the additional and unanticipated expense, because those expenses rack up as those kids eat everything in your home, watch the TV, lounge around, dirty up the place. I mean, it is a lot to take on these adult children that come back home, these boomerangs uh, or 
scrubs. Uh, Parents also feel anxious or guilty that they didn't raise their children well enough to make them independent. And this is one reason why they bring them back. You know, but the world's a different place now. You know, there's the recession, the mortgage fiasco, huge student loans. This has all caused a lot of people, some, some have made more than six figures, to be homeless and without a job. I mean, they have nowhere to turn but the people who raised them and have an extra bedroom. And there is good reasons to do that. And there are good scenarios when children do live with their parents. However, it has to be done in a very delicate way. And so what this show is about is how to navigate those waters and actually take on the adult children living at home and set boundaries where you can still have a life and they can have a life. Here's some statistics. A total of 3.3 million uh, 20 to 34-year-olds lived with their parents in 2013. And that's from the Office of National Statistics, the highest number since it started keeping records in 1996, by the way. Over that period, the number of young adults sharing a home with their parents rose by 25%, despite the proportion of the population aged between 24 and 30, 20 and 34 remained the same. So, you know, the ONS, which once again, Office of National Statistics, showed that people were most likely to live with their parents in the early 20s with 49% of 20 to 24-year-olds in the family home compared to 21% of 25 to 29-year-olds. 8% were 34-year-olds. Yes, 8% were 34-year-olds, and it is the percentage of the youngest age group that has increased the most, so that is the 20 to 24-year-olds rising from 42% in since 2008. So, you know, young adults have been hit hardest by, by the unemployment and as we talked about the you know the economy, uh, you know the the, the uh, mortgage problems and all that kind of stuff. And so some of them do stay in that family home. And between April and June in 2008, 13 percent of the economically active population aged 18 to 24 were actually unemployed. And that figure has increased to 19. That's from 13 to 19 percent from 2008 to 2000. 13. The percentage of unemployed people who live with their parents, 13% is more than twice than 6% of those who lived independently. So, you know, that means the kids living in their parents' home, 13% is actually unemployed. The increase in number of young adults living with parents also coincides with a period in which house prices have risen relative to incomes. So in 96, the typical first-time buyer had to raise 2.7 times their salary to afford to buy a home. But by 2013, the figure is now 4.47 of your combined income. This combined, that's to buy a house, 4.47 of combined income with stricter mortgage criteria, by the way, and rising rents, which have taken place over the last few years and continue to and always have. You know, the recession hit the young particularly hard with, with a sharp rise in unemployment, uh, you know, and, and that's understandable. But, uh, you know, the collapse in the mortgages uh, and also creating these small deposits with large mortgage 
has prevented a lot of people, you know, from flying the nest. Basically, people would put down small deposits and then they also lack the ability to pay their mortgage and then they'd fall back on the, the government or go bankrupt. And so a lot of those folks ended up, yes, with mom and dad. You know, it's just amazing. Uh, the ONS also said in 96, the first, uh, the typical first time home buyer had to raise uh, 2.7 of their salary. Now it's at 4.7, like we said. That is amazing. Amazing that just since 96, that's taken place. That's less than 20 years. And also, over 600,000 more women than men were living as a part of a couple in their own household. The main reason for this, and that means their own parents' household, is that on the average, women form partnerships with, uh, excuse me, women, uh, two, 600,000, sorry, I don't mean to get this crossed up, but I'm reading all these statistics. 600,000 more women would were actually living as a part of a couple in their own home and, and the deal is is that a lot of women are with older men and thus for they are able to settle and cohabitate a lot better you know 50 uh, 589,000 more women than men were lone parents in their own household also women are more likely to get a higher education than men and leave the family home where their parents are so that's enough with the statistics obviously I'm not very good at reading all those because it's uh, it's just a lot of information and I don't have my right glasses on but the bottom line is it's huge this is not a problem that is just sitting there this is a problem that is growing and growing and growing also you know when people enter back into their adult children enter back into their parents home there are huge landmines that take place. Number one is anger and resentment. You know, if your adult children are moving back in with you in a time of crisis, and if they've never left, or, you know, they've never left your home, it means they see you as a stable force in their lives and a welcome and warming parent who will be there for them through thick and thin. And the truth is, you want to be the parent who can solve everything for your adult children living at home. But when two generations of adult live in one household, it is extremely easy for anger and resentment to build up on both sides. And once those bitter emotions have crept into the relationship, they are extremely difficult and lasting. That's why it's critical that you and your children living at home work together to develop communication techniques and strategies that will deal with negative feelings before they take over and potentially damage your relationship with your adult children forever or your spouse. I can't tell you how many people I have in therapy that have an adult child at home and their relationship with their partner is just going down the tubes because both of them have two, both the, the, the female, the, the, the wife and the husband have two different takes on what should happen with the children. You know, there's another emotional landmine. There's, a, there's three, actually, that I've listed here. Undermining your adult child's ability to be a good parent. You know, if your adult children move back home with an entire family in tow, your life changes drastically, and your lifestyle can take a sharp downturn. I mean, at first, it could be a joy to see the children and having fun and having a different rhythm in the house. But all of a sudden, all of the normal things that have to be done, all of the obligations of raising a family start to come in. In addition, you know, 
you may have to deal with the expectation that you're a full-time babysitter. And that may not have been set in stone for free, by the way. And that may be okay if you're retired. But if your adult children are living at home and are working full-time and you're working full-time, I'm going to tell you it's going to be a huge challenge for both of you. That is going to be a contention point. I've seen it over and over and over again. You know, also... What if they take advantage of you and like even on the weekends, say free free babysitting, you know, they start staying out late, partying, generally uh, not doing their parental responsibilities and basically all of a sudden you're raising your own grandchildren. This is where boundaries come in and we're going to talk about that later on. You know, you can help your adult children living at home to be good parents without damaging their credibility or undermining their authority. All of this can be done if you have to do it. It all can be done, but it has to be done delicately and intelligently. You know, when adult children come home with families of their own, the ground rules and expectations have to be crystal clear. Your adult children living at home must understand no matter what they may be going through in their lives, it is their responsibility to parent and we will go into that later, not yours. Damaging a relationship with your spouse is a, another landmine, and I brought this up already. But, you know, having adult children living at home puts a strain on everything in your life, especially the relationship. And, you know, according to a recent study, parents with adult children living at home have 10% more arguments than empty nesters. If your children are moving back in your home as adults or sticking around longer than you or your spouse thinks they should, your privacy and independence will be compromised. And you have to think about that when you take on this heroic task of bringing your adult children in your home. You will no longer be able to dedicate as much of your time and attention to your spouse, your friends, your personal needs, and you will have much less living space. And understandably, this will be a very upsetting situation. You know, of course, you want to do the best you can for your adult children, but doing so at the expense of your own happiness will not make you a better parent. In fact, if you damage your relationship with your spouse so seriously that they leave you, you may end up relying on your adult children for emotional, financial, and personal support. And suddenly, you've created a vicious cycle that is impossible to break. But by developing some simple coping strategies and having a few key decisions with your spouse, you can all live together in peace. And there's no reason your family has to get caught in any of these emotional landmines just because you have adult children living at home. Now you know the biggest challenges are that you need to watch out for. And you can prevent yourself in advance to deal with the problems before they take over your life. The most important thing is to remember when you have adult children living at home is that you're all adults and communicating your needs. They're no longer your children. These are adults and communicating your needs, expectations, and feelings clearly, non-emotionally, just straightforward is the best way to keep everybody happy and sane. Now, why do these people come home? And we talked about a few reasons in the statistics part of this, but young adults who decide to move back in with their parents often do so because of crisis, such as a job loss, expenses, 
retreat from pressures of adulthood and its responsibilities. Or because a relationship broke down, uh, emotional, drug and alcohol related problems. All these are the most common reasons that kids come back home. Some move home because they decide to study and cannot afford to live away, which makes sense. Young people are more likely to return to live at home in situations where parent-child relationships have been good and parents are willing to house or support the adult children. Parents with grown children who have returned sometimes say, and I've heard this over and over, that they preferred the empty to the refilled nest. And I have to warn anybody that's considering having their adult children in their home or has their adult children in their home, it is likely you are saying that right now and nodding. Having children return often lowers parent life satisfaction. It increases your stress. It causes conflict. It decreases your life, uh, the the longevity of your life. And with parents with young people have been independent, often want to do things differently from what they did before. So if they've moved away and done a lot of independent things, they're going to come back and they're going to want to have their own set of rules. And that can be a crazy maker also. So, you know, you have to really think about, you know, adult children moving back home after marriage or relationship breakups in particular if grandchildren are involved. Um, You're often going to feel a whole lot of stress. You know, when an adult child remains in home, the impact on the parents' lives is less than when an adult child leaves and returns. When the young adult returns, the family has to rethink all the changes they have made since they left. And so the areas of greatest difficulties include every day looking at themselves, the clothing, the upkeep of the house, the garden, the use of the family car, the lifestyle, friends, sex, alcohol, tobacco, drugs, and boy, sex, alcohol, tobacco, drugs, and young people oftentimes go together. And uh, sometimes they're a young person's business only, a young adult, And some of them you have to negotiate because you live together. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come down to the conditions that need to be set. If you're going to have your adult children in your home or have them in your home, it is never too late to take on this problem. So I hope you all come back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856. Or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. 
You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about adult children moving back in with their parents. You know, uh, we're going to talk about the conditions here, uh, and, and we're going to spend a little time on this because this is the most important thing, and a lot of people struggle with putting boundaries around this kind of situation. But, uh, you know, growing in adulthood, it, it, it really is. It's an important time in people's lives if it works well. You know, young people can achieve independence, be able to manage their own lives, even, even still living at home. You know, young adults, need, they need understanding, they need encouragement. They need acceptance and respect. And a positive atmosphere is oftentimes the best atmosphere to get them out because if it's filled with positive encouragement rather than criticism, they're always feeling like their time is pressured. If they are enjoying themselves and finding themselves, finding their passion, which is a very hard thing to do, especially in young life when you haven't had a lot of experience, it's very important to have lots of encouragement. So a positive atmosphere within the home is much better than the nagging. Also, you need to see them not as a dependent child but who needs to be protected, but as an adult for whom you can expect the same as any other adult who would share your home. They are now roommates. So you're letting go of that parenting role and you're telling your children what to do, what to wear. That's not a good idea. You know, doing their jobs for them, not a good idea. You know, you want to continue your friendship and support as they work these things out for themselves. And you have to keep those responsibilities on them. Clear, adult-to-adult level communication needs to be spelled out. Who will do what, how you will speak to each other. This reduces stress and makes it easier to live. And that, that means you have to have a very strong set of rules. There will be mistakes on both sides because you've been parent-child for so long. But you need to be able to talk these out and reset those boundaries and go back to adult-to-adult to make things better. You know, when an adult child returns to your home, it is important to say yes, but we need to work out the conditions. And these conditions have to be clear. It is easier to negotiate con- uh, conditions before, but sometimes you have to do it after. And then the things you need to decide are, are very, very broad. You know, how much rent is reasonable? If, you, if your adult child has limited income, what can they do in the home in return to help them put uh, with money or, or whatever? I mean, they need to pay. That means either chores or money or both. You also need to discuss who will shop for groceries and who will pay and how much will be paid. 
you need to also discuss cooking and other household chores and who will be doing those chores because you need to understand what part of the home they're going to clutter the most, what part of the home they're going to share the most, and that means you need to share more potentially in the rooms in which they spend more time. Also, you, you have to decide for yourself, you know, are you willing to lend them the car? And under what conditions? Are you able? To, are you willing to help them pay for repairs on their car because they can't leave home and may lose their job and then they won't be able to pay you rent? You know, what expectations do you have for their friends entering the home? And what kind of friends entering the home? And, and who will pay the bill, the phone bill? Is it you? You know, is there going to be a limit on calls, especially if they have friends? You know, you know, what are the conditions, especially friends that they're calling out of state on your local line? Um, if it's a cell phone, that's a different problem. You know, what are the conditions for respecting each other's privacy is another thing you have to look at. Also, noise level, you need to look at that too. Um, and also, you know, you've got to consider your adult child may return home with their partner and uh, they may return with their children and their partner may not have grown up in the same uh, well, did not grow up in the same atmosphere as your home, and they may not know the rules, and they may have a harder time adapting than actually your own their your own child. You know. Also, one of the important things to talk about is money. You know how much income they have. What is the family income? How much they need to save to get out? Household costs. How much they use the phone? How much do they run a heater? How much do they run the air conditioning? What they want the air conditioning to be set at to be comfortable? You know, how much food are they going to eat? These are things that you really have to set down in stone when you're talking to your children. And I'm going to talk about a contract that you will develop with your daughter or son living at the house and their family if they bring the family. So we're going to talk about that. And by the way, these contracts can be found very easily online. There's several versions of them. Uh, there's some better than others, but everyone is important to look at because each of them has great ingredients. So now let's also talk about sex and drugs. You know, what about sex? You know, your, your adult children have the right to decide their own sexual relationships, and you have no right to intrude. However, your emotional comfort is huge, and you have the right to decide what is okay in your own home, whether your child may be sexually active in your home or not. You know, as a parent, you're more likely to accept sexual relationships in their home if there's an intention to marry or if the relationship is long-term and appears committed. But if this isn't the case, you know, you need to... Uh, Communicate that you're less certain about allowing them to sleep together in your home. You know, it depends on the age of the children. Um, if they are, you know, of age, if they're in their 30s, that may be something else. But they need to keep that kind of stuff off your radar. You know, many homes don't provide the privacy that's necessary for young couples to feel comfortable. And, and so a lot of people stymie their sex life when they move back in with their parents because they can't be as raucous as they may have been before. <laughs> so for those parents who can accept their adult child being sexually active at home, making time to be away from the house, may give you and them the time for privacy you all need. So if sex is going to happen there, maybe it's time for you, the parent, to leave and let them have sex, and that means you have to communicate about it. 
how embarrassing to communicate about sex with your children. But oh well, if they're going to move back in, they come back in with all the same adult problems that we have. You know, if young adult is uh, in a relationship and you do not allow them to have sex- sexual relations in their home, it may mean that uh, they don't come to visit as often and may not stay at all. And that may be the showstopper that gets them out of your house. You know, drugs and alcohol, you know, this is huge. Parents have the right to say whether they feel uncomfortable with their children smoking, their children drinking, using drugs in their home. It's important to let others know what you will accept. It's probably not helpful to make different rules for your young children than you do yourself or your friends, though. So if you're going to apply rules about alcohol, drinking, smoking on to your adult children, you have to apply the same rules to yourself. That's the burden of bringing them back in your home. When an adult child returns and has a problem of addiction, you know, parents often find it impossible to cope with the antisocial behavior that accompanies addiction, like lying, stealing, verbal, sexual, excuse me, verbal, physical abuse. You know, you do not have to tolerate this behavior from your adult child. And your job as a parent at this stage is to request that they seek help. And that could be counseling. That could be putting them in a uh, a rehabilitation. But it's something that you have got to take on. And a lot of parents will take their adult children back in their home who have these kind of issues. You know, if you don't do something about it, you, you start feeling guilty about telling the young person to leave, especially if you've never brought up the problem. And, uh, you know, you, or you may be afraid it puts them at risk if you kick them out of your house. But you've got to realize they're adults. And you can't stop them. And anybody that's addicted is not going to stop for you. They have to decide to stop for themselves. And so you can make all the cases you want to stop, even if it's for you. That's just not enough. It's just nagging. Also, you have to think about, do you enable your kids with uh, drugs and alcohol? Do you create a, a, a dynamic where you've accepted their behavior and you look the other way? Or if you rush in when consequences come around, like they get a DUI and you go and pay for it and get them out of jail and hire their attorney and help them out, that's ridiculous. You need to let them face their own consequences just like them when they're on their own. You can't go in and save them as a parent. You know, you're not, if you want to help your, your adult child without enabling, you, you know, you have to understand what their unhealthy patterns are and you have to stop trying to save them. You may help them if they ask for help or if you can offer them help, but that's not necessarily going to happen uh, if they're not ready for it. You know, the truth is, is that addiction and uh, drugs are the main reason that these kids stay in the home into their 30s and sometimes even their 40s because they can't kick addiction. And if you have enabling parents, um, that's just going to make it worse. They have got to stand up on their own and sometimes putting them in a place where they've got to live on their own is the best possible thing you can do for them. Sometimes they end up in a homeless shelter. Sometimes they're going to end up on the street, but you are trying to help them. However, 
I am not talking about people that have mental health issues like schizophrenia and bipolar and things like that. You do not want to put those people on the streets. What you want to do is get help for them and put them in a facility where they can monitor them if you can't do it yourself. So things you have to ask yourself regarding enabling is, does your child uh, act entitled, demand things that once you used to enjoy giving, like car privileges, gifts, perks at home, rent money? You know, does it feel like you're living from crisis to crisis with your adult child? Do you sacrifice too much to meet your adult child's needs? Are you afraid of hurting your child? Or are, you, are you feeling burdened, used, resentful, burned out? That means it's time for them to go. That means it is time for something to change, and the change is only going to come from you. You can't demand the change from them. So here, here's we're going to go through this contract. And once again, I'm going to ba- break down just category by category what you want to set forth in a contract. Rent is the number one thing. How they're going to pay rent, whether that's going to be by chores or by cash itself. Oftentimes, the younger ones pay by chores. Some have a job. And some pay by cash. But the, it is so important, especially as they get older, that they pay cash for rent and appreciate where they live. But paying rent does not entitle them to own your house. You still own your house and you still make the rules. Cooking, laundry, and chores. You know, things like mowing the lawn, even if it's every other week, pulling weeds, uh, clearing the yard, sweeping the pool, uh, helping trim the trees, the bushes. These are things that have to happen. Cleaning the dishes, cleaning up their personal space, cleaning up shared spaces like bathrooms can be a complete disaster. All these need to be set in stone in a contract as far as what your expectations are. Paying the, the for uh, also who's going to pay for the food, who's going to get the food, who's going to do the cooking. Those kind of things have to be discussed. Also, school, you know, that they intend, if they're going to be in school and they're getting a free ride at home, they need to agree to attend school on a regular basis and complete all of their schoolwork as stated by the syllabus. That means they need to complete their classes and they need to be upfront with all of their grades and what's going on because that is how they're paying their rent back to you is going to school and hopefully going to get an income later. You know, also, uh, you need to have quiet hours. You know, if it's if it's going to be like midnight to 6 a.m., that is reasonable. Even 10 p.m. or l- earlier is reasonable. You need to have quiet hours, and if they're going to bring guests in, the guests uh, can't come over without prior arrangement, number one, and there, do, there are conditions about being quiet in the home. You know, also, you may put in a contract about work, you know, uh, that they will do everything uh, to coordinate their own rides that uh, they, if they're currently unemployed, they will have two weeks or a month to find a job so that if they lose their job, they're going to get a job. Also, that they're responsible for their own gas. And if they cannot afford gas, then they will procure rides from other people that you are not the one that does it all. Also, cell phones, you know, that they're responsible for paying for their services, not you, and um, that they're going to be respectful. And I, that's another condition that's huge. And you have to outline what respect is, that listening, that you're not always right. You have to acknowledge just like we do, and we try to listen, and we may not agree, but we have to compromise. And so, you know, you have to outline your home is a no-free-loading zone. 
you know, make them pay for everything that they've agreed to pay. And just like a business deal, doing nothing is not an option. You know, they have to earn an income. If they're in, in college, then that is how they earn their income. Also, you also don't expect, you know, you're not expected like you may have done when you were a parent to provide them a hot meal. This is something that you've got to outline. They're expecting you to go back into your parental role and do everything you used to do. That's not the case. You have to rethink your rules. Also, they need to respect your space. You know, sure, people can visit, boyfriends, girlfriends, friends, but they have to become, it's not going to be party central. They have to respect the space in your home. Also, you want to have them leave their bad habits at the door. And once again, we're talking about smoking, drinking, alcohol, talking over, being loud, loud music. You also want to set dead deadlines with them. Deadlines are huge. You know, you, 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 you have to let them know that I'm not going to worry about you. I'm going to worry about you when I, you're around. And I need to know that you're home by this time or you call. If you don't, it's in the contract and here's the conditions. Also, you're not an ATM machine. And you also, in the contract, most important of all, you need to have an exit strategy. That is huge. You have to have that for yourself. You know, we all make mistakes as parents. You know, good parents are not perfect. None of us are perfect parents. If you strive to be a perfect parent, you're absolutely insane. All of us could do a better job in some way than we often do. But once a child is grown, you cannot redo their childhood. And, and they all have the power they need in their lives to make smart decisions. And uh, as adult children, they have no right whatsoever to blame their parents for decisions they're making today. So while they're sitting at home and they start pointing at you, that's not a good idea. That's not a good working position for you in that home. A, you know, a wonderful perk to adulthood is that adults get to take responsibility for themselves and make their own decisions. And uh, coming to your home and pointing out all your stuff is not a great idea. You know, you need to also curb up your behavior in your contracts with your children, adult children, because they're going to be looking at you uh, and saying, do you do the same thing that you expect of me? If you would not do the same thing you would expect of them, then not a good idea to put it in a contract. We're going to come back. And we're going to talk about the coping with it. We're going to talk about how to do grown-up talk, adult-to-adult -adult communication. And we're going to go further in the communication as far as money, career, and how to get them out the door. So come back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. 
Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The Boardroom to the Bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at svcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. We're talking about adult children living back with their parents. So uh, coping with this circumstance can be extremely difficult. You know, you need to remind your child that it was their, their choice, not yours, that placed them in the circumstances that currently surround them. You need to emphasize that it is their conscious decisions, not just happenstance, not bad luck, that led them into this place. You know, interventions can be effective when you let your child know that their bad behavior affects everybody in the family. One of the most important aspects of intervening with children before they come home so you can set the boundaries is that one of the family's steps towards health is a sign that you have to be working through and communicating about how they're going to get back out the door. You need to offer assistance and support only to the degree that you're financially able. Do not overgive because if you overgive in the beginning, they're going to expect you to overgive all the way through. So whatever you do, you don't want to give money that you know will take them further down the road to bad behavior. If they've came in with bad behavior, especially around money, then I will tell you giving them more money is just going to contribute to more bad behavior. You know, if you feel guilty for not giving your child money for food, which they may say is what they need, uh, because you're fearful it'll only be spent on drugs, you know, buy them a bag of groceries instead of giving them cash, just like you would do a bum if they ask you for food or, or for money for food. We'll take them to McDonald's and say, I'll buy you a hamburger. You know, uh, offer help to your child to find support services, but if they don't want them, don't blame yourself. You know, you can't, you know, if they need welfare, then get them down the web. If they need unemployment, get them down there. But you can't force them to do it if they don't want to do it. You know, you can't help someone who won't help themselves. And honestly, you cannot, as much as you'd like to be able to save them, do anything for them that they don't want it to do. You could sit there and make suggestions all day long. You know, don't assume that you can rescue your adult child. It's simply not possible. Attempts to do so are not the way to encourage autonomy and responsibility for any adult. Protect yourself and the rest of your family. Not every adult has to hit rock bottom before turning around their life. Um, so don't allow your child to bring you a family to rock bottom either. Just because they are doesn't mean you have to be. 
You know, no longer is rock bottom seen as necessary starting point for changing like an addict or a person who has had an unsuccessful launch from their home back to you. Uh, Rock bottom does not have to be the standard that you guys live. You are not inheriting their circumstance. You are inheriting them and hoping that they're using that as a building block to get back into their life. You know, you as a parent need to love yourself also. Parents truly do the best they can, but you can't hold yourself accountable for your child's poor choices. You know, once you become a a parent, that role has no endpoint. However, the responsibilities of that role shift over time as they mature, and you have to understand that they're in a different time than they were when they were younger and living in your home. You also have to accept your limits and what you're able to do, and you don't want to overgive. If you do, you're going to be angry that your child is freeloading once again on you. It is huge that you do that. Also, now, we want to talk about grown-up talk, adult-to-adult communication. This is a tool that is so important. You know, you first of all, you want to understand and and. and you really want to you may not use the words that i'm i'm putting forth here but what you really want to do is understand why your adult child is putting off becoming an adult you know you if if you're wanting them to leave the home and move on you you want to present a plan for change you know you want to present them with once again a contract but you also want to present them with how their life can change and what you need them to do and how long you expect them to be in your home also you want to learn about contributing factors you want a full explanation of all possible factors behind uh, what's going on and how this phenomenon has taken place that they need to come back home you know you don't want to shield them you don't want to make sacrifice to advance their lives. You know, you, what you want to do is you want to have them have autonomy and start making responsible decisions for themselves. You also want, do not want to be permissive. You know, don't, you don't want to boss your, your children, adult children, but you do want to let them know what you need and what you expect and what your home is like and make sure they understand that you are in charge also, you, you want to help them grow up. You know, you have to let them know, I can no longer take care of you. You know, we're not going to do this parent-child game. I love you. I want the best for you, but I cannot afford to go on like this. I need to save for my retirement years. I need to be ready for this next stage in my life because I'm transitioning too. Also, you want to present the plan. You know, I'll provide you with room or board for the next year. Give you a chance to find yourself in a career. This means food and roof over your head. In three months, I, you know, I'll stop giving you money, so you'll need to find a way to take care of your expenses. You know, or you could say I pay for your tuition courses. If you pass failed courses, you're going to have to do that. You know, you want to say things like I'll buy your books if that's what you're willing to do. Once again, if you're trying to encourage them to get out the door, you want to give them the tools that's going to get them out the door. You know, uh, you're not going to pay for legal problems. Um, maybe, you know, you want to let them know they're going to do their own laundry. You know, maybe you don't know they have to get up on time. And these are conditions that if you're going to stay or if you're going to go, have to happen. Here's some don'ts in your communication that are huge. 
Um, you know, it takes a long time for grown kids to achieve financial independence. And a lot of research has shown that uh, there are many, many issues. Um, you, if you're going to have your adult children in your home, you don't want to use financial support to control your kids. If you're supplying money for your adult child, you certainly can set ground rules about how the money is used, but you should not threaten to withdraw your support if the adult child doesn't make life changes unrelated to finances. If you're going to force them to do that, you know, that's going to be crazy. You know, it's reasonable to tell your adult child that money you're providing cannot be spent on vacation. But don't tell them it can't be spent on vacation unless they leave the girlfriend that you don't like. You know, you don't want to be over-controlling with what you are doing financially for them. You know, don't push your kids to take a job in a field that pays well, but they don't like. You know, not only may they hold unhappiness towards their unhappiness towards you and the hated job, but uh, it may inhibit their career growth. So if they're trying to get out the door and move on with their life, um, you want to encourage them to do what they're passionate about. And also, you don't want to make snide comments about job prospects um, of college-age kids um, because they're still finding themselves. And so being sarcastic and uh, basically picking out on their uh, what they chose to uh, use as their degree in college or their major, uh, their field of study, their first job, if you're going to pick them apart like that, you're going to find that they're going to resent you and there's going to be a lot of negativity in the atmosphere in the home. Also, you want to keep in mind that although college majors do vary uh, as far as future earnings, uh, getting a college degree in any area is the most important goal because it shows that they can complete something that they start. And that is essential. Um, there are a lot of degrees out there. There are lots of degrees. And I could tell you I know lots of doctors who are unemployed. I know lots of people who get wonderful education and stuff that just doesn't buy them a career. Um, they think they're great at it, but they don't know how to apply themselves to the field in which they are studying. And these are a lot of don'ts, but you don't want to insist that your kids find their own way after college rather than return home. These days, many adult children live at home for only a short time, and almost always their return home is temporary because they prefer to live independently as they can afford. So, you know, you want a degree, you want that contract, you want to understand that their, their idea is not to live at home with you for the rest of their life. They need to move on. They know they need to move on. And maybe a little bit of pushing, a little bit of shoving, and a little bit of help will get them out the door. Once again, you want to stay positive. You want to encourage them. You want to be extremely uh, motivating towards helping them understand of what they can do with their lives. A lot of these people are lost and feeling a sense of... Uh, negativity about themselves. They feel insecure. Also, don't ask about their lives, their personal lives. Th these probing questions can be extremely embarrassing. Lots of us, if not all of us, have made embarrassing decisions in our ad young adult life. We've done very stupid things. And um, you don't want to be the person confiding in them if you're living with your adult children because then you're going to want to take on a parental role once again in their life. And that, once again, is a very negative experience. 
you know, you want to take special care not to raise subjects that your adult child has historically declined to discuss. You know, you have to resist that urge to, to do follow-up questions. You know, when your, your child does raise one of those subjects, you want to stay on the outside. You don't want to get all of the great details. Um, that is important. Privacy is critical. Also, uh, you know, it's easy to stay in contact with loved ones and, and contact with your uh, children, especially when they're at home. But the deal is, is that surprisingly, some people have better communication these days with their children over the phone and over their cell phones than they actually do when they're in person. And this also goes for marriage, by the way. So the deal is, is you know, we live online. A lot of people have friends online that they never see, but they talk to on a continuous basis. This is not the day and age where we're all able to see the people that we love and care about. We're not able to see our friends all the time. We're not able to spend a lot of time with our friends. So what we do is we use texting, we use email, we use our cell phones to basically communicate and uh, chat rooms and all kind of crazy stuff like that. And we have to understand we're in a world that's like that. And so if your adult child is spending some of their leisure time at home on the phone, they're talking to their friends. They'd probably be rather be in person with their friends, but they're not. They're doing it over the phone, and you need to respect that as a parent because, once again, an older parent uh, comes from a much different generation than the ones that we have today where they live and die by their cell phones. Um, Romance is another factor that you want to consider. You know, you don't want to uh, take sides on who they're with. You only want to discuss the rules in the home. So if they bring the boyfriend or the girlfriend into the home and they live together and they plan on getting married, love, lovely, that's great. But the deal is we need to have rules around that. You also, um, you don't want to overlook your, your uh, child's romantic partner especially if you're in social events. If you treat their romantic partner badly, uh, that is going to create an atmosphere in the home that is very negative, especially if they live with you. But if they don't live with you, the deal is you, you want to have a good relationship with who they have a relationship with and treat them respectfully. doesn't mean that you have to like them, but you do want to treat them respectfully because once again, you're putting a bomb in that home between you and your child. You know, if it... it if safety is at stake, you know, if your child is unsafe, if they threaten you, if they argue with you, if they pull a knife, pull a gun, do something crazy, try to hit you, do something like that, they don't belong in your home. You need to get them out. And, and that's critical. Safety is everything. And a lot of parents, adult parents who live with their children, many have ended up in very heated arguments and some really bad circumstances. So you need to consider your safety. And if you feel unsafe, you need to pull the plug and get them out of your house before one of you ends up in jail. So uh, once again, we've talked about lots of things, but boundaries is everything when it comes to having your adult children live in your home. You're going to have to have rules around the children and grandchildren and all that good stuff. You're going to have to have rules around their partner. But it doesn't have to be a miserable experience. Rules are boundaries, and that means there's grounds for respect. And grounds for respect means a relationship. Those are all good things. So that's our show. Absurd Psychology is next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Our next show is going to be about elderly dependents 
and family responsibility, which means putting grandma in the nursing home and how to do it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Love to hear from you. Get your feedback. Uh, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net is my email. Twitter is at drgbmft. Remember, welfare these days is considered a career opportunity. And if you can't afford, if you can afford beer, cigarettes, drugs, and tattoos, then you don't need food stamps and welfare. I want to thank everybody for listening. Have a great day. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.